0: Hello, and welcome to the first episode of The Redo. We're your hosts, John Yang and Margot Sito.
1: What do we talk about in The Redo? Um, The reason sort of why we want to do this podcast is because we have too much to talk about, frankly. Um, And so the things that we want to be talking about sort of cover a spectrum. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about party BFFs and dating up and down. But generally speaking, um, I think the thing about us is that we sort of have a lot of similar broad interests, but the specifics are very different.
0: Also, John and I are always traveling slash moving around. We're never in the same city. So we're long distance friends, always trying to catch up with each other and saying, uh, what's happening? And all the Interesting things that happen or not interesting things happen in our lives.
1: Yeah, I think the caveat also we should say that not only are we long distance friends, we're also sort of like newish friends.
0: Right, less than a year.
1: Uh, yeah, very less than a year, and we're about to celebrate sort of like a one year anniversary of our friendship. Yeah,
0: our friend anniversary, new friends ish, but still at the same time never run out of anything to talk about. So thought uh, you might want to overhear some of our conversations.
1: <laughs> not only I think the demand is high; a lot of people want to hear our conversations. Demand. Is oh, very a lot of high. people. Yeah, a lot more of people than just heart- our high. friends. They, they totally do. But here's the thing: if you don't know us, um, uh, we're gonna introduce ourselves, but we're gonna do it opposite. For example, you know. I'm going to talk about Margot, like sort of right, like and I'm talking about John. Yeah, and who we think they are. Because you're going to be listening to this and you want to know who, what, when, why, right?
0: Right. And why should you be listening to us? Exactly. Who are you?
1: Exactly. And right off the bat, you know, we're both writers. So that's our main conceit is that we're both mm-hmm. writers, but very different kind of writers. Mm-hmm. So from what I understand, when I was introduced to Margot, uh, she's just like a world traveler. And I was like, oh, OK, that's great. You know, I've been meeting a lot of these people. <laughs> And then once I started talking to her, I realized, yeah, she actually is so transient. She's very similar to me. She's lived in, I believe, uh, Australia. Um, She's from San Francisco. um, And she's traveled maybe to like 30 plus countries, something like that. And a lot of her time was also spent in Hawaii where she was a journalist. And I believe you are also a bartender for both bars and also strip clubs. You're sort of in the process of writing your memoir which is our original sort of bond as far as you're going to write down all your adventures for us to hear. Um, I haven't heard them because I'm waiting to read the book. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to write the book, frankly. Um, but I think you used to be a music journalist. Is that true?
0: Yes. I, I mean, in my my prime as a journalist, I, would, I did a lot of music writing, food writing, um, all kinds of stuff because it was an alternative weekly. But I actually was a music editor for an Asian-American publication. As well. So I guess you can say I was a legitimate music journalist. Yeah. I mean, got to interview some of my favorite bands, like I think especially as a younger journalist and when you're 20s, it's probably like one of the coolest things that you could possibly do. And I'm really grateful for that time.
1: How's that intro for you? Oh, that was
0: great. I mean, yes, I've lived in many more countries, but that is.
1: (laughs) I mean, mean, you might have lived in a lot of countries. I don't even know. I frankly don't even know where you've lived.
0: But that's the cool part about doing each other's intro. You're like, oh, what do you know about
1: me? That is the funny thing about Because my friends. assumption
0: is that you know every single thing, and I'm like, of course it's not true.
1: I mean, on some level, we actually know nothing about each other, right?
0: True. I think because, like, our... Mindset toward things are so similar that I think we don't bother asking about things in the past. Is that true? Sort of.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, the other thing is any facts I've gleaned about you from the past that mm-hmm. I have not personally asked is because I I helped you with your bio or read your bio, and that's it. That's that's where I've gotten all the information from. <laughs> Excellent. You know, it's not yeah, from actually talking to you.
0: Oh, fascinating. Yeah. So I guess you have the third person perspective and a friend second person perspective. Or-
1: it's uh yeah I don't know it's a bio perspective.
0: Okay, so here's what I know about John. So first, we we first met in Taipei. Um, John was living there and I was visiting and we met through a mutual friend of ours. Anyway, so first time I met John, coffee shop, he walks in, it's super hot there. He's wearing these, as he calls, blousy pants. So, and he wears and he like rocks, his like tiny little fanny pack and has great hair. So one of the big things about John Yang is that John Yang wears, wears a fanny pack. Okay, <laughs> That's like, right. uh, it's a number one, trait. definitely a defining trait. Uh, some of the things that, I remember our mutual friend had mentioned was that you, <laughs> I call him, um, he's the flute prince. He is like heir to of the flute throne, apparently, which is fascinating because I don't know anyone else. That's
1: what who, she leads uh, with?
0: Who holds that title. Yeah. No, that's great. Also, <laughs> but for the most part, John is a young adult author. So this is where our, our writing careers like diverge greatly. Um, and may I say that your, most of your young adult writing is from the perspective of a teenage girl, which is fascinating. And this was not something that you chose, actually. It's something that was put upon you by... By fate. (laughs) By fate. Somebody said, this is your voice. You go do that. So you go forth. And it's been great. John has written and ghostwritten um, several young adult novels, which is impressive um he's also my peer mentor so he's my like life coach he's he's, everybody's hype man he's very good at pr for other people (laughs) whether it's just for fun or for professional purposes uh john's also very transient let's see, he's worked lived okay from san diego you lived in Michigan, um, England, Taipei, New York, several times, and am I missing? Oh, and you just came back from South America, where you were for a very long time. So I think that's I've covered up most of my bases for where you lived. Where,
1: where else have you lived?
0: Oh, where have I lived? Um, in the states, so Massachusetts. New York, D.C., uh, Palo Alto, San Francisco, and Hawaii. And then outside of the States, it's been Hong Kong, England, Ireland, New Zealand, Australia. Yes. And did I miss any of yours?
1: I believe I've lived in England and China.
0: Oh, China. Yeah. I always forget. Well, I mean, do you consider Taipei to be China? N- I mean No, it
1: definitely is. not. No, I no, mean, now. But, yeah. but you've
0: also had lived in mainland China. Yes. Yeah. Oh, when?
1: that's um, part of my flute prince training. I was training <laughs> to be the flute prince.
0: <laughs> that's uh, amazing. Yeah,
1: that's where, that's where you train to become the flute prince. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I whenever I
0: say that to you, you like cringe. I'm like, no, it's good.
1: <laughs> it's good to have titles, you know. Oh, yes, yeah, it's right. It's part I, of I wish that, that our mutual to. friend had sort of given me like an introduction to you first so I could sort of gauge it based on what I thought. Because I went in knowing nothing, you know, and oh, generally speaking, nice. you know, it, it is fun <clears> to sort of like see what other people might introduce you with. There was no introduction. It was just like immediately, like okay, let's hello. This is my friend. We're off, and then we took the train.
0: Yeah. So then we were like, let's go on a weekend trip together randomly with strangers.
1: No, it was great. Um, So I actually really like that. But at the same time, we should find out what she would have introduced you as. Ah. Or the other strategy is just to sort of like leave it up in the air. You know, that's why I, I try to do that sometimes now, where I just like. This is my friend. This is my friend, Marco. Whatever. Like, you handle it. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> because sometimes you don't want, you don't want to get that preconception of like, oh, this person's like this, this person's like that, right?
0: But do you feel like you're doing that out of, okay, I feel you can do that out of several reasons. Laziness, or you're just messing with people. You're like, I feel like you can, you're very good at like provocating people. So if you leave them by themselves with no intro, that can be good or bad. If it's like, okay, you uh, make your own impression on people. Okay. But if you're like, oh, you're like sweating in this situation. I'm just going to leave you here. <laughs>
1: Well, I think the thing is I, I've discovered that what happens is when you tell some like I tend to be, I pretend to have strong opinions toward people. I either like you or I don't like you, you know, and if I sort of. <laughs> but you
0: never show it. You're so nice.
1: <laughs> that's true. I am nice. It's very true. <laughs> but if I really like somebody, you know, I get the hype too high maybe. And they might meet them. They'd be like, eh, whatever. So sometimes you want to undersell. You know what I'm saying?
0: True, true. Also, what I find, maybe this is my own um, limited brain capacity, that if somebody talks to me about, a, you know, a faceless friend, Even if it's been over a matter of weeks or months, like I hear tidbits here and there. And then once I meet the person, it's like everything's washed away because I'm just like, wait, I finally have a face. And instead of putting all that together, I'll just, I kind of forget everything. And I'm like... I don't know if that's good or bad. Maybe, I mean, for me being non-judgmental, that's probably a good thing, but also ridiculous because I'm like, wait, my, what happened to my memory? Like, what, you're non-judgmental? <laughs> no, no, no. I feel it oh, no. Oh.
1: <laughs> I oh, mean, no. Me,
0: me forgetting um, everything that I ever heard because I finally have a face to match with the name, but then it like, kind of like always busts up my preconceived notions because I ha- I don't I, I never picture anyone's face before I meet them. I have no impression, but I think once I see their face, I'm like, "Oh, hello." And it's like everything starts all over again. So in terms of make that makes me more non-judgmental, right?
1: I mean, so in the future, do you think you would rather be undersold, you want to be oversold, or you just want to be introduced as like a simple sort of, you know, like this is my friend.
0: You know, it's all about context, right? So if you're trying to network for professional purposes, I think you have to be sold. But if it's non professional. Nonprofession. Nonprofessional. Uh simple's alright. If there's a reason to oversell, that's fine. Okay, when did you decide you wanted to be my friend?
1: Like friends after the trip. Like yeah, I guess, I guess be during the
0: trip you had no choice.
1: Right, right, exactly. was <laughs> yes, course. There's a train ride, there's no there's no shot. Um I mean, generally speaking, I think I think on the train ride. Because the bus ride? Oh, the train. Even the train ride out there, I feel like I was like, Oh, we could totally get along. Because the more sort of like the three of us were talking, I was like, Oh, like we could totally get along because it seems like uh, whether or not we have the exact same thoughts about things you were i mean here, here's number one like you like to talk which is very <laughs> important for me in a friendship if like somebody doesn't talk like yo i can't i can't do it i mean we're here on a podcast you know what i'm saying yeah i need to talk like to people teeth well, i need that person to talk shit. yes yeah and you know if they sound like they're interesting or present themselves interesting i'm like i'm in on this and of course you were my friend's friend so of course that helped a lot although that right. doesn't speak necessarily about you know we would get along when did you decide?
0: Aha! Well, I think it was the blousy pants. Like this seems like an interesting dude. Look at his pants, <laughs> his little fanny pack. And after that, um, I think it was uh, well, you oh, you were playing your music at our friend's house. Oh, the
1: music, right?
0: And that's when I was like, I kept being like, "Who is this? What, what? is this?" And it happened several times. At that point, I was like, okay, this dude's pretty cool. Like, I want to be his friend."
1: Do you remember what the song was?
0: specifically I remember. Okay, so it's Electric Youth. Mm. And then, this is embarrassing to say out loud, but uh, it's helped convert me. It was was a Carly Rae Jepsen album. Embarrassing?
1: What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's the tie that bonds. Carly Rae Jepsen.
0: Right. So I was like, what is this? You're like, this is the new Carly Rae Jepsen. And I was like, what? No way. And you're like, it's great. So... After yeah, electric youth. I would set it to like whatever music re- recommendations John had. I was like, I'm in. This guy knows what he's talking about. It was the music. I think it was the music. That's great. Like, is that so? Like high school? No, that's great. Was, like this guy has cool hair and has like cool music. <laughs> Let's be friends.
1: So generally speaking, like how soon can you decide? Like how soon do you decide?
0: In general. Yeah.
1: Like I mean, for me, I'd say uh, as a friend. Okay, a friend can kind of come on and off. Who knows, right? I guess an mm-hmm. evening together is generally enough. I would say so. Do you think it would go longer? You'd be like, ah, uh, well, because I feel like I'm a pretty judgmental person. Yeah, me too. So. Oh, you are. So <laughs> I, I try to buttress that by just giving people more chances.
0: Yes, absolutely. Because I am so judgmental, I'm very non-judgmental, right? Right. I think cause it's like again, like having be having had to be the new person so many, so many, so many times, like whether socially or at work, it's like I am forced to, to talk to people that I may not like initially, but I have to like them at some point. So. I'm like very open in that sense. I'm like, all right. So I, I do want to 80 some people all the time. Like, honestly, some of my closest friends are people I did not like initially. Oh,
1: does that happen to you most of the time?
0: <laughs> not most of the time, but there's definitely uh, multiple instances. I would say a small, oh, wait, a small handful. Enough times where I'm like, okay, I can be quite malleable.
1: Well, you know, I think the thing is when you meet new people, do you care if they are sort of judging you right away? Because we're both judgy, right? We're like, uh, you know, we're, ju- we're, we're taking all this input in. And we can't be hypocrites and not allow them to judge us.
0: That's true. You know what? I feel like I don't care. I say that. um, And I think for the most part, it's true. I think I'm just trying so hard to get to know them that I don't give a shit like what they're trying to what they're trying to think about me. Unless, however, I do have a recent example where I I really felt that I was being judged super hard and it was by another mutual friend. Mm. We have talked about this already. And um, I was in shock. Okay, first of all. Because this is my first time meeting this mutual friend. And so, of course, you say, okay, you're my good friend's good friend. So, okay, I will automatically like you for the most part. Let's hang out. You know, it's like we're having drinks. So, of course, it's just like pretty like relaxed, casual atmosphere. There seems to be no lull, like no breaks in the conversation. So it seems to be like easygoing, whatever. And then there were two instances during the night where I was like, oh, my God, this person is judging me extremely harshly on these certain points. I, was, I thought about it like that night after I got home and the next day. And I told a mutual friend, I was like, dude, I was being judged so hard. And I haven't had that kind of feeling about new people that I've met in a very long time. Um and the things that I was being judged about were my musical tastes. And I was like, Excuse me? <laughs>
1: mm, no call right.
0: <laughs> I think since college radio in general, I'm I, like I am supposed to have good musical taste. Again, like how much should I care about that? But in general, I like try to, you know, find stuff of my own or whatever. Um and I think a lot of my friends have good musical tastes. So this person was like, Who are you listening to now? And had a couple of bands that are not mainstream. And then later on this person was like well who's your favorite band like of all time and i named different like different genres band he was and he was like huh, huh. i'm really surprised i was like what he, and he was like ex- he was like genuinely baffled and like huh i didn't i really didn't think that you would be into this band based on the other bands that you told me about i was like what is he saying about me or what did he think about me before i was like this is i feel like a high school a high schooler all over again and then the second thing that he was judging me very harshly on but i won't judge him back as hard um I had opened my Tinder for him and he was like (laughs) being very critical of my choices. But then I think that was a different whole set of of issues there. So because he was an Asian American male and I think there was a lot of just those issues coming out and like being taken out on me as an Asian American female. Does that make sense? I'm trying to speak very broadly here.
1: You're speaking very, very broadly. I'd love to hear specifics, but we can do that off mic. So I think the reason, you know, another thing why we have to sort of quickly assess people and have them assess us is mainly because we move around a lot. So we got to make friends fast. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have time to dilly dally. Oh, no way. (laughs) uh, So our topic two that you want to talk about was sort of the barbecue BFF.
0: The party BFF. (laughs) What is that? What is that? You're trying to be more social. You're trying to get to know your environment. Maybe you have one or two friends that are going to a party or a barbecue, for example. And um, you know, as much as I always try to be outgoing and make new friends, I think I'm naturally a very shy person. And so uh, this year, specifically for Fourth of July, I had a good friend who was going to another friend's like massive annual barbecue. And I know this friend too, but just not as well. So I was like, okay, realistically. I will know maybe two people here and I was like having anxiety the day before and that morning and I was like should I just not go like oh my god <laughs> I'm not gonna know anyone this is so stupid again very high school and in the end most of the time I'm like just, just do it like don't be lame um so I went and of course it was super fun It was like you know good vibes like shots like beers just a lot of people a lot of good food whatever and then um I met this girl who was his neighbor and I don't think she knew anyone at the party either but we just so happened to run into each other and converse uh and so yeah she became my barbecue bff we got along super well uh, enough to be like hey let's be facebook friends I mean I haven't seen her since but any it. contact since uh no there has not been any contact but I'm I wanted I'm confident that were I to contact her like yo you want to hang out she'd be like yeah this is how confident I am of our barbecue BFF status. So so after that incident, I was thinking like, I was like, Oh, you know, this has happened to me many times. Like, I don't want to say if you're lucky enough, but more often than not, you often find like a party BFF. If you're in a situation where you don't know that many people, and you're like, shit, 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 like I gotta find someone, because you know you have you have the more like unusual or not unusual, more unfortunate circumstances where like you're either perhaps clinging onto a person or th- they're clinging onto you because you're kind of in the same situation. You're like, I don't know anyone, but you're like, yo, dude, this is not working <laughs> very well. I'm gonna go to the bathroom, <laughs> or like, <laughs> I'm gonna get a beer, or like, whatever. Um, but it worked out quite well in this situation, so I was like, "Huh, you must have those situations as well as, or do you?" Because I think you're better at those those things than I am.
1: No, you know what I discovered is that um, you know I do have a lot of social anxiety, but I have. Oh, you do. I, do, but I learned to mask it really well. Uh, just yeah, over I've tried to as well. For a period of like twenty well. years, of of <laughs>
0: right, you know, um, I just
1: didn't know that because I think also by nature I'm I'm also shyer.
0: Do you think it's a writer? Do you think it's a writer thing?
1: Well, for me it's being Asian. I don't know, you <laughs> know, for you it's because we were instruct like we're just we were sort of like raised quieter. Like we had to be forced to go by our parents to go and talk to people, hmm. you know. They're like, "Oh, go ask them about something at the store." Like we just wouldn't talk to strangers. And we just, you know, the the sort of stereotype is that just just sit there and be quiet, right? Okay. And then we had to learn how to do that. And now, there's probably a period in my mid-20s when I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and I, wa- I want to see what it's like to be socially anxious. Because generally speaking, I don't go anywhere with just myself.
0: That's right. This is where John and I differ greatly. Yeah. I do stuff by myself all the time.
1: <laughs> and you always do it. Uh-huh. I don't. I, uh, I'm used to, you know, always going someplace with somebody. That's right, and I that's had to right. learn how to do this. And so I uh, was thinking of like all the weird little things I do to sort of cope with that. You know, Uh let's say, like, I go to some, I don't know, uh, I go to some speaking thing, and then, you know, you're milling around, you're waiting for the event to start, maybe afterwards, there's some drinks, and people are mingling, and I was like, okay, so sometimes I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna go check by the window, I'll go to the bathroom eight times, like, you know, like, I'll do this or that, and these are all signs of social sort of, like, anxiety, and so you just force yourself to get over that, right, and so you do it enough times and just kind of over that. But I find as we get older that I'm so aware of it now. I'm hyper aware of this of the social anxiety. But mm-hmm. I can still like flip it when I need to. Yeah. How do you feel about that?
0: I think basically it's like I feel like a bull. I just like bust through it. Like I, as, as even if it gets awkward or it's like getting painful, like I just keep going. <laughs> and I'm just like, we're going to run this into the ground. Like I'm going to keep eye contact with you.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I had to train to keep eye contact with people. Oh my God. My preferred way of speaking to somebody used to be like a new person would be in the car because you're speaking but your your focus is still on the road so like i don't have to look at your eyes i literally had to train how to look at people in the eyes
0: so you're like we're kidnapping people and you know <laughs> they have so tips fair. online about
1: like i mean this is before online but before it's like look at uh-huh. somebody between the eyes and that's how you can sort of because i used to hate eye contact do you know what i'm saying huh. uh you know, you know what i think we should do I, we should give some tips for social anxiety uh okay. and like how to talk to people like what do you need to do i have some tips do you have some tips
0: I believe this goes into, like, another topic that we had oh, discussed before. Possibly. Questions to ask new people. Is
1: this? Oh, I mean. That's like a, sub-cat- that's a subcategory. That's a subcategory, yeah. So you, yes. you're saying have a prepared list of questions?
0: Not necessarily, like, rehearsed. But I think, on the one hand, you're like, okay, I don't want to have the same conversation with the same people. Sometimes it has to happen. But there are basic points of information that I genuinely want to know about each person. And if it requires asking the same question, like, so be it.
1: But is it mean, one of your strategies? I mean, broadly speaking, is one of the strategies just to ask people questions?
0: Absolutely. Well, here's something I picked up from a friend, Mike, many years ago. Um, and it's, it was kind of like once he said it out loud, it was like, oh, yeah, no fucking shit. Like, basically, people love answering questions about themselves. We love talking about ourselves. And if you're meeting a new person, I think it's it works both ways because, A, You have a lot to talk about if you're talking about yourself and B, the other person is like automatically making you like them a lot because you're like, they're flattering you basically by asking you questions about yourself. Um, And that also ties in, I think, with my background as a journalist and as a bartender, because when you're talking to strangers, if, sometimes for hours on end, like you're basically, you, I'm just interviewing them. So I'm, I'm, I mean, if they get uncomfortable, I can switch the word to like, I'm grilling them. Like I'm interrogating them. <laughs> it like, can get to that point sometimes, but on the whole, I basically interview people and they love it. And I, I mean, I, I really want to know these things about them as well. I think like the red flags will come up if they're not asking you anything back, of course. And you're like, whoa, you're either like super How deep narcissistic. In are you
1: like, uh, before you're like, they're, they're not talking back to me.
0: Uh, it really depends on who is around me. <laughs> and I'm like, is there anyone else I can talk to? Oh, I- <laughs> it just really depends. Like, I can I can go for hours, probably. You are very good at gets... sort
1: of the call and response.
0: Call and response. I, I-, I
1: do remember <laughs> thinking that about you. Sort of like when somebody asks you something, you sort of just ask backwards, and maybe it's just journalist self or just the way you are. It's just like you'd be like, "What about you? What do you think about this? Or what do you say about this?"
0: I think it's both. It's all yeah. It's both like practice and natural. I think because um not to sound too hippy dippy but because i'm a libra Hmm. i think i i want to make people feel at ease and i so i think i naturally mimic people both verbally and physically all the time and when i find that i'm doing it i'm like this is really weird (laughs) what am i i'm like why is my elbow on the table like this i'm like oh because the person sitting across to me is doing the exact same thing okay uh and again but that does make people like you more i don't do it on purpose most of the time
1: but my main strategy is sort of like and this is also i learned from my friend you just be ultra friendly. Like you just sort of treat them as you're already great friends. Yeah, the energy you just push at them is just so like already ultra friendly. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Oh yeah, like, yeah. You're like, hey, we've been best friends for like ever. Yeah,
1: <laughs> And like, if they respond to it, great. If they don't respond, they don't. Do
0: they ever think it's creepy?
1: I mean, so that's, uh, well, okay. So I had some <laughs> feedback about this strategy is that it just seems sort of like somebody's coming on too much, you know? Are they
0: divided by gender lines?
1: Well, divided by gender lines, which way? Oh, you tell me. Uh, most of the negative feedback I've received is from guys. Hmm. Yeah. Because keep in mind, I mean, I'm, this is just friends. I'm not trying to date them. It's just right. like, but sometimes, you know, let's say we're on a smoke break or we just hang out real quick. I'll be like pummeling this person with like five, six questions, yap it a yap, friend of friend. And then afterwards, they'll be like, as I find out through mutual friends or something, they're like, man, he talks too much. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, I'm sorry. Like, I'm <laughs> just trying to fill the silence for us because, I mean, things I can't do, this. I can't do silence.
0: Oh, my God. I can't believe someone said you talk too yeah, much. Yeah, I was
1: like, talk ah, cool. <laughs> like, so now I'm like, I don't ask you no questions. Like, we're good.
0: Well, have you ever become friends with any any of those people that think you talk too much?
1: Yeah, yeah, we're friends. But not, you know, we're not, like, great friends.
0: Okay. That's so funny that like, guys are afraid of talking.
1: But I think, generally speaking, if you approach somebody and you're pretty friendly and you're, like, almost ultra-friendly, th- they don't really know what's going on. They're like, okay, cool. Like, they'll respond <laughs> back, right? Yeah, I guess so. Um, so that's, like, my number one tip. That's great. Yeah.
0: It does lot, I mean, I think these strategies like they take up a lot of energy. I will say that. So I think for like people who are. At their core, naturally shy or introvert. And you're like, whew, man, <laughs> what a day. <laughs> you're like all in a day's work.
1: I don't have that problem though. I've I definitely learned to be an extrovert. I get more energy from people.
0: That's great. I never, re- I mean, it's like, I never, I'm never like, oh man, I waste my energy in these people. But for, I have to be like, okay, ready? Go. And then. But aren't
1: you really good at small talk because you're a bartender?
0: Uh, you tell me. I mean, I'm supposed to be good at I mean, it. I must be, but right? I think so. I mean, I w- okay. I will just say yes. Because I, again, sometimes I'm forced to talk to strangers and some of them for hours on end. So, what can you do? They're just sitting there and you're like, okay, you want to go now? <laughs> nope, still here. Okay, let's keep talking. Um, but of course, the issue with that, and this is just, this, this blends in with all kinds of bartender issues, anyways, mm-hmm. um, is that when I'm being so friendly and like talking to them so much, if they are straight males, like oftentimes they think that, you know, they can ask me out after that or like they think I'm hitting on them right. because I'm being so nice and so chatty. And I think, you know, I think, you know, different people have different standards for what is an intimate conversation versus what is standard talk. And so I think because I'm used to just asking very personal questions from the get go, to me that's normal um but i think for some people especially guys they might take that to be like, wow we just had like a deep conversation we have such a connection you know now <laughs> like, that opens the door let's go further i'm like no that's a, and that's not uh, but again that's a whole other i guess that's part can, of the job of description you
1: have to sit there and listen to people talk about oh yeah
0: things. listening as well yeah of course of course
1: and they're like opening up their heart I mean, they get drunk they i mean i don't really have that experience i mean i'm not the kind of person who goes to a bar by myself and then toss the bartender Mm-hmm. or is it? Is it not by themselves
0: uh, it can be it's, I mean in those situations
1: it's usually by themselves I should try that
0: yeah, well, I you know the thing um you should definitely do that. I think you you would make friends with the bartender very quickly. It's te- it tends to be males who do that, not so much females. Females, I used you know as a female bartender, I used to be like, why are these girls being so unfriendly to me? But really, like when I'm out at a bar, like I'm not there to talk to the bartender. Like I'm there to meet my friends, so I'm not being unfriendly. it's just that my purpose is to like meet my friends. So like I'm not gonna like be like, hey, what's up? Like blah blah blah. Um. Second thing, as a female, if you go alone to bars, like you you will 100% get hit on within oh, it's like flies over on honey which can be really annoying because I would get envious of seeing my male customers especially the ones that I had become friends with like just like strolling in rolling in like by themselves for whatever reason They're like hanging out for a bit and then leaving and I was like oh I, that's like one of the things I need to do more it's like go to bars by myself um but I was like dude it's hard it's I can't like females just it's really hard to do that without getting hit on slash harassed so and that's like unfortunately something that i, I cannot do so with you i'm like you should do it i, will. I, mean, I want to live vicariously through you i'll
1: tell you what so, it's like to uh, thank you to bartender.
0: oh it's great they'll love you yeah
1: <laughs> i'll ask them a lot of questions
0: you're gonna be your ultra friendly
1: <laughs> i'll be ultra friendly <laughs> yeah yeah so you know how are you on airplanes
0: how inter- oh no i'm like hell no don't talk to me never okay. <laughs> never that's a different situation in my book because you're trapped
1: i mean i had a really great experience flying down to uh, Brazil where you know it's a 10-hour flight and i sat next to somebody and we probably talked for a good three four hours of it Which was probably my best experience ever flying, and like as you're saying, it's kind of like the party friend, you know, like Uh plane friend. Yeah, (laughs) it's my plane friend. Uh, You know, I think Fight Club addresses this very well. They talk about single-serving friends. That's essentially sort of what we're talking about, right?
0: Oh wow, I I remember that part of the movie. Oh, it's
1: great. It's right in the beginning. Yeah,
0: I I need to rewatch. Single-serving
1: friend. You know, like afterwards, I I follow her on Instagram. You know, like I were not necessarily friends, but we had a really good conversation. I found some things out. We're not necessarily going to stay friends or anything, but you know, it's great.
0: Who started the conversation?
1: I think the problem. I think one thing was that we both spoke English, whereas the majority of the people around us weren't.
0: Uh Uh, So
1: it's like, Oh, we're like two Americans. And and I
0: love that bond. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) she was reading something and I was reading something and, you know the the airplane is a little intimate because on these long flights because you see what movies they're watching and you judge them. You're like, ah, you're watching that. And it movie. gets awkward
0: if there's like a love scene. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're no. Like, you can't.
1: What What are you watching on the airplane that's got love scenes? Come on,
0: dude. There's some like sort of HBO shows on there. Move. I watch like a lot of intense stuff, man. I mean, I think in
1: theory the dream is to sort of sit next to somebody and you're both about to watch like Game of Thrones at the same time. You're like, ooh, let's just watch together. Like that'd be great. That
0: would be great. I know. It never happens. It's annoying if then the person next to you is just, like, five minutes ahead of you on the same movie. And you're like, I don't want to see what's happening. Yeah,
1: you want to synchronize.
0: That happens actually quite often to me. No, I want to know more about you and your friend. Yeah, how it bloomed.
1: Oh, because we were just on this plane and, like, we were speaking English. And I think one of us asked somebody about, like, oh, what do you think about this? Or what is that in English? So, like, we both knew we spoke in English. Mm. And the thing I, you know, she had switched seats in because uh, a girl wanted to sit with her boyfriend. So it was, like, a 10-hour flight. Was, like, you know, I think either I switched in or she switched in. And then we were talking, and she was like, very interesting. And uh, she's telling me, you know, how they go to Olympics all the time. I was like, oh, that's oh, interesting. Cool. Something I would never do. And so it was a conversation I actually liked. So it did not feel like you're being trapped in an airplane, you know. But I think sometimes when you're in social situations, like a barbecue, or more dramatically, I think at a wedding, because that wedding's not ending.
0: I had a wedding BFF earlier, earlier this year as well. So oh, you it, did. totally.
1: Uh, that's so awkward, though, because the wedding BFF is like, if you're there, you don't know that many people. They're there, they don't know that many people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, was it male or female? Female. Oh, okay. So that's fine.
0: Yeah, totally. It was like the best thing ever. <laughs> I think we both were like, thank God.
1: <laughs> you got to find somebody.
0: But it was like mutual. It was like equally mutual. So it was like, I was out of desperation, but like, we actually liked each other and we got along really well and it was
1: great. You can smell that quiet desperation.
0: Kind of, but at least like we were coming from the same place. And so again, yeah, that balance is not always there.
1: So we're going to jump into our last topic. This is pretty broad. We're gonna talk about working out. Give me your history with working out. Yeah, working out.
0: My motto for working—well, it's half a joke, but it kind of works. I say, "Get it tight, keep it right."
1: Isn't that the isn't that the title for a podcast?
0: Oh, it was get it swiped, keep it right, based off my workout motto. Oh, really? Get it tight. Did you say keep that again? Right. Get it tight, keep it right.
1: I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Do
0: you know what that means? No. Oh my gosh. Okay, basically. <laughs> I think maybe this is more of a female thing. Like we have more fat, uh-huh. you know, on our bodies than males do, right? right. So the constant battle yeah, keep is like it tight, keeping get it, right. it tight. Like your muscles got to be tight. Mm-hmm, sure. Your whole body has to be sure. tight. All right. That's kind of
1: sounds gross. But no, no, I, of course. But what is the keep it right part?
0: I think it's more like, if, okay, so I guess the idea is like once you achieve getting it tight, but whoever really does, yeah. I, you got to keep it right. You got to keep it like that. It's a never ending battle. You gotta maintain. Yeah, it's never ending, especially if you love to eat and drink as much as I do. So,
1: what what kind of exercise do you specialize in? <laughs> John is baiting me right yeah, now he's <laughs>
0: waiting to make fun of me. So I'm open to many things. However, now that I've been roughly based back in San Francisco for the past like year or two, uh, I found that the two things that make me exercise are they're very douchey. I know. Call me. I'm like a waspy lady. Um, bar classes and soul cycle. <laughs> Did you see my voice cracked there? What, what is a
1: bar class? What
0: is a bar class? So, bar method, B-A-R-R-E.
1: I didn't realize that you pronounced it.
0: Oh, but were you like barre?
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was fancier.
0: Oh, no, it's just a French. It's like ballet, a ballet it's bar. A ba- okay,
1: that's nice. Okay.
0: Essentially. So, I actually thought those classes were going to be more traditional, like ballet-based, but it's actually seems to be more Pilates and a little bit of yoga and some ballet movements. But again, it's based on um, small, like, isometric movements. So... It's anaerobic ex- exercise, it's not cardio. Apparently, um, so you're doing really small movements, and you're getting your muscles to shake. Because the idea is that once your sh- muscles are shaking, that's like where "quote unquote" the change is taking place. And so it's it's low impact. Um, so if you have an injury or whatever, there's a bunch of modifications you can make to make it, you know, easier for yourself. And if you're more advanced, it's super easy to make it harder just by changing, like, you know, say raising your leg one inch higher or going like one inch deeper. That can make a huge difference. So. It's painful. I don't. I mean, it sucks, but it really works. And like, especially for women, it's for men too. Um, it just targets basically all of your muscles. So you're like, oh, I didn't even know I had that one. And then you're like, after class, you feel like tight. <laughs> so you're like, hell yeah.
1: <laughs> Is it uh, how to use it as a sentence? I'm going to bar class. Like, I did bar. I just barred. Like, can you say that?
0: Oh, I've never done. I've just barred. That's hilarious. Yeah. So what, uh, I don't. Gonna, uh, I don't know what other people say because I don't make friends when I'm at these classes because I think. Again, I'm very embarrassed by going to them, so I'm not trying to make a friend. Yeah, so why are you embarrassed? There. I'm just I mean, I'm embarrassed for there. you, but like why are you embarrassed? I know. Well, okay, think of it this way. If you just met somebody and they're like, Oh yeah, I do bar class or I do bar methods, some people say, and soul psycho, like, what do you think of that person? Mm. I know what I think so of that person. I. Yeah. <laughs> I hate them. <laughs> I hate myself. Um yeah, they're just they're very waspy, they're douchey, they're expensive, so they're not accessible for everyone. Uh, a lot of the types of people who go to them, I think it's more probably maybe more soul cycle than bar class depends where it is. Um are in the city. So I feel like at least the diversity people who go there, I would say are a little bit better as opposed to like a really rich suburb where it's like rich moms and their daughters doing it together. I'm like, whoa, that's a whole different universe
1: out there. But how did you come to select these these classes?
0: Well, it's a combination. OK, proximity to my commute. If it's too hard to get to, I'm like, forget it. Right. <laughs> I'm not doing this. So that's a huge part of it. Like, one, the bar is, like, walkable. It's in my neighborhood. I can't. There's no excuse for me not to go. I'm, like, basically just roll out of bed and go. I'm, like, all right. Cool. And the, for the Soul Cycle places, there's, like, more than one location that is very easy for me to get to via public transportation. Um, again, like, no excuses, basically. I th- I'm think i pretty sure there are other things out there that are way more fun, like aerial yoga or but circus But they seem arts. fun.
1: I mean, in theory, uh, spin- I mean, I've never gone to spin class
0: yeah john is anti
1: i'm <laughs> not i'm not anti i just never i mean the thing is i don't like working out i don't like physically moving that much so like i'm not gonna go through 45 minutes of biking and you know but it sounds fun because you know there's like lots of music it's kind of like a party
0: yeah i'm not gonna lie soul cycle is actually really fun. right so
1: i mean i have a lot of you know I, I i know people who go obviously and there's some people who teach yeah and, like it sounds like a great time and it sounds wonderful but at the same time, would I do it? No, but that's fine.
0: Yeah, tell me why you're so averse, especially if it's like all about music and dancing. That's your jam. Am I
1: averse to soul cycle or just in general?
0: Uh spinning in general. I understand people's like soul cycle specifically because it is so expensive. It's just like, retarded. I'm not against oh. soul
1: cycle. I'm against CrossFit. I'm not against Soul Cycle.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> I've never I can't I don't think I can handle CrossFit. <laughs> I mean, CrossFit I, I I'm not against the sort of exercise component, but it's kind of it's misogynistic and it's a cult. But it's fine. That's just a sidebar. But, you know, like, again, it's funny that, like, every sort of, like, exercise class or thing comes with so many connotations. Like, you can't just do it because it feels good.
0: True. Like, you say, it, you say it, and automatically people are like, you must be this kind of person. Exactly. And you're like, what? Exactly. Like, I'm just trying to, like, not be fat. Or, like,
1: whatever. You like, know. you're like, oh, I take Zumba. Like, whatever it may be. Like, obviously, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. immediately there's stuff that happens in your mind.
0: Definitely. Oh, that's so true. Or people who are into salsa dancing. <laughs> oh, is, is that <laughs> like, a
1: stereotype? Oh, for me it is. What, is what is the stereotype I
0: can't I can't ha- I can't handle people who are into salsa I'm sorry I know some of my friends out there are into them how are we friends by the way but, Wait, um, what's the stereotype
1: I don't go salsa do you
0: salsa. not have a stereotype of people who do salsa dancing
1: Um, I don't know that many people who do go to <laughs> salsa dancing I guess no I do know some people but they, they they always ask and I don't go I mean I don't I love dancing I just don't I can't move my hips okay so what's what's the salsa dancing narrow
0: asian hips um okay this is again i uh, just based on my experience and i have been forced to go to a couple of salsa nights so i'm not i'm not totally just talking shit out no, of I'll nowhere you, yeah. basically i feel like people who are into salsa it's a lifestyle like you either are or you're not so they take it way seriously and it's like oh what do you do for fun or what are your hobbies it's like salsa night like salsa dancing You're like, oh my god you are in this like super deep and so I think like when you're actually at the night too, it's just the, uh, for some people I can see how the intensity can be appealing, but I'm just like, dude, I'm trying not to laugh. I'm trying not to laugh the entire time when you see, <laughs> when they're actually dancing.
1: <laughs> like this are serious. Is, you're talking about just the faces they're making? Yeah. It's
0: a lifestyle, man. Yeah. And their faces. <laughs> oh. I'm sure it's like, I mean, it's cool that if you're into it, there's a whole international community. You know, wherever you go, there's going to be a salsa night. I mean, I understand, like, once you're in that, once you're in it, you're in it to win it. And, like, cool, you're set for life, I guess. Is, is in it comparable? Of- okay,
1: so for example, you know, uh, maybe back in 98, 96, 94, I was into swing dancing for a while. Is it comparable?
0: <laughs> I suppose, but I think it's more intense. There definitely are swing dancing people as well, but I think like salsa is more intense.
1: Like this is my hobby. This is me. This is my life.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's
1: that's just, I mean, you know, I what well, the only part, I've been to salsa dancing maybe like once. And it's nice because, you know, that's I, I guess the guys take you but then they drop you off at the same place they found you. Is that a generic rule?
0: I don't I've never let myself get
1: picked oh, you, up. Oh, <laughs> you don't even go there to dance. You're just judging.
0: No, I forgot how I've been roped in. I haven't been like oh, I'm going to go and judge. Like it's just Maybe it's like the perfect storm of people I'm with want to go or we still happen to be somewhere. Like it's going have been by accident. I will not go by choice. Okay,
1: salsa dancing is bad.
0: Anyways, so that's in terms of <laughs> people who work out.
1: Activities.
0: That's the specific, yeah. So that's how I feel yeah. about salsa dancing <laughs> as a workout.
1: So I've started swimming. Is there anything attached to swimming? No.
0: That's great. No, I wish I could be a better swimmer. That's great. It's total body workout and low impact.
1: I mean, in theory, but you know, my question is like, if I say I'm a swimmer, does th- there's like a very neutral thing to say.
0: Um. Well, just because I just went on a day with a swimmer, like I'm like, okay, if you say you're a swimmer, I feel like you have to really be a good swimmer. No, no, no
1: it's different. He was like a real swimmer. I'm just talking about people who casually swim, right? Like, what do right. you, what do you do to? Because that's something people say. Like, what do you do for exercise? Like, oh, I swim. Most 99% of people don't mean they're swimming on a team or they used to swim in college. Like, they're just like casually swimming.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's great. Right.
1: And if people ask you if you're exercising, are you like, oh, I do a little spin, I do a little bar, um, or do you
0: not I'm say like, that? Well, I kind of, I just, try, I try to like be really, I try to downplay yeah, it, but I'm like,
1: you're embarrassed. I'm like,
0: oh, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, in the past year and a half, what's worked for me is like a combination of bar classes and spin. I know it's really douchey. I always. Put that disclaimer. I don't
1: think you should anymore. I think you should just let it wash over people.
0: Do you know what's funny is that um, there've been a couple of incidences, and this is me talking to my friends, and where I'll say spinning, and at some point if the conversation keeps going, and I specifically say Soul Cycle, they'll be like. Why did you just say it was soul cycle? Uh, <laughs> like,
1: yeah, I, you're you're kinda of like a hedging it. See, that's not fun. That's not good. This
0: is me not accepting who I am because I feel like I'm like this with a lot of things that I do. And I'm like, You maybe know what I, this is? This I is, is kinda like this whole I'm just, like I'm a basic bitch. That's what it is. I become a basic bitch uh, in my old age. I think that's what's happening here, and I'm in denial.
1: You're in denial. <laughs> I think so. I think you should embrace it. If it's who you are, that's who you are now, right?
0: But is it who I am? <laughs> not bully. Like there's definitely people out there who don't see the irony You, or you the put embarrassment. yourself on
1: paper and maybe if that's what it comes out, that's what you might, you know, unfortunately, that's what it is. You got you to gotta embrace it. Do
0: I? I don't know, John.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, because, you know, we're at the age, it's like, I mean, okay, unfortunately, we just talked about judging other people in the first part, but we're also at the age, it's myself. like, we're past judgments, right? Yes, you absolutely. Know, I, I mean, broadly speaking, we're past judgments. Whatever you think I am, I like this class, I do this, you know uh it, it doesn't really matter anymore we're not in our 20s
0: i mean i'm not a, it's true it's like on this at the same time on the one hand i'm like i don't care but i think i also would like to maybe make it known that i'm self self-aware enough that like i know that this is shitty or like whatever
1: okay Does yeah that make- yeah yeah like you want to say like oh i do this but i'm aware that this is this meaning
0: right okay
1: so what i'm learning you know i'm, I'm on this road to exercise and I've I've been exercising. I would say a good like seven days now, which for me is like a world record. It's like a world record. You know, seven days After in a how row. how
0: long is how long is your workout <laughs> I'm embarrassed
1: job. to say. Uh,
0: Don't be embarrassed. Fifteen Just be minutes. Yourself. That's
1: so good. I, I jump in the pool. Um, I do the first. Th- okay, so I jump in the pool. And generally, when I'm in the pool, like I'm like a fish. You know, I'm not there to do laps. But I bought some goggles. I'm doing some laps. My back is giving me some issues. I need to exercise. I'm getting older. Cholesterol. All this stuff. So I'm like, yeah, let's see how far I can go. And the first day I went, you know, like 10 laps, taking breaks. Great. Keep in that's mind, my great. pool is very short.
0: What kind of um, strokes or whatever are you doing?
1: Um, I just do the freestyle stroke. Uh-huh. Apparently, that's not great for you. You should be doing a little bit of both. Um, What's both? I mean, you, you should also be doing the breaststroke or, oh, okay. I mean, I don't know how to butterfly. So I guess you could throw some more strokes if you want, but I don't know how to butterfly. Uh, okay. So, you know, I can't do it. The last time I've exercised sort of this much in a row on purpose, mm-hmm. arguably high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh and I'm gosh. not I'm not feeling that high.
0: I feel like the the upside to what you're saying is that clearly you don't get fat, like you don't gain weight. Like it's never been a problem for use therefore. Right, right. I mean I have the
1: opposite problem. I've never
0: needed to exercise. So that's the well, no. Good but, part about this. Yeah, I, I guess. mean, it's
1: good and bad. I mean, because what you look like and what you're like inside is totally different, right? You know, like yeah, you can be true. skinny, you, you can be bigger. It doesn't actually reflect your healthy. That's but very my true. problem with yeah. exercise is that I thought, like, I'm just going to push through it. There's, you know, people who exercise. I mean, to be honest, there's a lot of times when people are talking about exercise and eating right in their bodies. And I just tune out. I'm like, I can't hear this. I don't know what you're discussing, you know. Uh, and 90% of people nowadays go to the gym, they have some sort of exercise routine, they do something. Mm-hmm. And really, they can talk about it forever, right? So I just don't yes. get it.
0: Because it's a, it's a lifestyle, John. That's why. It's not a
1: lifestyle. It's, part of the, it's just part of their daily routine. Like, what do you do? What do I do? You know, I go to the gym. I walk. Whatever it is. So I'm, I'm more fascinated. But then a lot of times, they talk about this sort of exercise high. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just talk about it. You're like, I feel great. Everything feels tight. It's, it hurts. Like I'm like, yo, I go in the pool for 15 minutes. I jump out. I'm just tired. So like, when does the high hit me?
0: I think we just talked about this. You have to exercise for like a little bit longer, John, <laughs> for it to hit you. Maybe at least 20 minutes. But I think... Well, like, if you start working out after you haven't done it for a long time, yeah, it sucks. Like, the first several days, at least, like, really, really suck. Like, I don't think you would feel a high at all but do you find it yourself um is it easier for you to do your routine now yeah i mean on now I'm day seven like, versus day
1: one i'm up to like 20 laps now
0: that's a, you, you doubled it I that's doubled. great i'm
1: going i'm gonna well my original goal was like so the first day was like 10 second day was like 12 third day was like 15 i'm like i'm gonna get to 50 And i'm like all right relax i'm not gonna get to 50 <laughs>
0: hey you doubled for the first day that's in a week that's great
1: but now i just want to get it over with
0: so you're like are you getting impatient when you're doing it you're like god yeah. before <laughs> it it'd be like, over I'm over like, a I'm like i'm
1: taking slow. now i'm just like jump in the pool do as many laps as i can rest, do as as many laps as I can and get out of there you know what I'm saying, (laughs) that's why it's, it's getting faster I've cut my time down
0: you're like a sprinter. That's good. Yeah. You're racing. Uh,
1: but maybe it's not helping me at all.
0: I I can't tell you that I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it feels good. Cool. I mean, the fact that you are doing more. I mean, it it is. You are having a marked improvement in your endurance and your strength and all that.
1: I don't know. I mean, I hope exercise gets more fun. Um, I, I don't really. I hope so I don't, too. It doesn't seem fun to me.
0: Well, that's why. Well, that's why I've, I've come to like. This is why I need to pay for classes now because because I'm so like lazy now. I used to be able to just do it on my own. Okay, so the first time. I remembered in my life when I was starting to gain weight was like when I was studying abroad because it's like, oh, party every night, late night eats, like, holy crap, I'm gaining so much weight. So I was I was starting to run around the track. And then when I got back to the States, I was doing it on my own. Yeah, I was just like doing a bunch of cardio by myself and it was fine. I could do it. Um, next phase in life where I needed to work out was when my metabolism was for sure becoming slower. I'd say about age 27 ish, 28. So I joined the Y and then um, I tried to run by myself at first outside. And then I was like, dude, I'm just cheating all the time. I can't do this. Like, I need to be around other people. You need motivation. Who, yeah. So like, even though they weren't telling me to, to work out, I wasn't working out with them. Just the fact that they were next to me exercising may, like helped me finish my workout as well. I was like, dude, this person... I was like, I got here and this person next to me has been here before I am. I want to stop now, but I, I can't get off before they get off. I was like, that's lame. So that works for me. But now I can't even do that. So I'm like, dude, I need like music. I need like, I mean, I would have music as well, but I need like someone telling me what to do to finish it. Otherwise it's boring and it sucks. <laughs> so maybe you should try a class, John. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Maybe I'll try a spin class. <laughs> Shut up. So here's the thing. is the main motivation for your exercise. Sort of like if they just had this machine that exercise for you and then yeah. you could keep it tight. Would you still yeah. exercise? Probably not. okay. so you're going sort of for to to like feel better by yourself, but like not necessarily the event is that exciting.
0: Um it's become because like I said right. this period that i ha- I wasn't able to do it. I was actually surprised at how much I wanted to go back right. to do it. Right. I mean yes, there was like a vanity angle to it, but also just how I felt. I was like, man, did I actually do feel pretty sluggish? And like squishy or like whatever. Oh, I mean, I feel uh, bigger. You feel After bigger. Six,
1: six days of swimming. Like I had put on this shirt I always wear. This oh, your muscle shirt. tone. No, my. I mean, I was like, and it, I think I think this shirt just shrunk in the laundry. But I put it on. My mom's <laughs> like, "Whoa, that's shirt's too small for you." I'm like, "Yeah, it is." I've, I've been <laughs> swimming for a week.
0: <laughs> you like yeah it it's like is.
1: physically possible 15 minutes for six days and my shoulders got bigger oh
0: no some people i mean i feel like if i put i can like slim down or get fat within the span of like two weeks for sure okay that's good so it's possible Every, everyone's body is different right yeah I would like so to maybe, know maybe that's you like. you're I- turning into the hulk right now apparently thank you so much for listening to episode one of the redo we will be putting out new episodes bi-weekly, which means every two weeks out there for you. And I hope you enjoyed what you heard.
1: And our website is wearetheredo.com. You can go check it out. Um, there's not that much more on it, but there's an about page and some links. And we'll put links to anything I would recommend here. And speaking of recommendations, so here's the thing. Uh, in San Diego right now, it's it's kind of the end of summer, so the ants are coming in. And they're evading your house. If you live anywhere sort of indoors with like uh, really hot weather, ants come in. And recently, what we've discovered is that there's this amazing thing. It's called taro liquid ant baits. And what it is, is it's like a sweet substance. It's sticky. You put this trap down. And then when the ants come, I think it's boric acid inside. So at first, the first two days, these ants will just swarm it. And you're going to see like hundreds more than you normally do. But in theory, over a period of two, three days, it's gonna kill the colony and they're gonna disappear. So this is like sort of the next wave of ant killing, and it's also like mostly non-toxic except for the acid. But you know, <laughs> the other stuff is like ants don't come. Have you used the little ant traps that kind of go down in the corner and they're kind of like a little, yeah. little dome? Yeah. Ants uh-huh. don't go there, man. Mm. But these tarot liquid ant baits, they work pretty well. So that's what I'm trying to plug this uh, for this episode. That's
0: well, it's, a, it's a great because it's um, soon it'll be rainy season, depending on where you live, and that usually means ants. So very apropos timing. What are you plugging? Oh, you know, I've it to plug um, school snacks. Like, I've been really into, or I've gotten back into string cheese and hard-boiled eggs <laughs> for snacks. And the reason why I'm plugging these, I think as an adult, especially, you're like, oh, string cheese is for kids um, or whatever. But when you're hungry on the run, you got to eat some food that's, like, not total crap, but it's still a tasty and, like, kind of filling. <laughs> so my go-to they're good for like when you're on the road on the go. So string cheese or baby bell che- cheese wheels, um, hard boiled eggs for sure. Uh, baby carrots. And you got the other things like granola bars. Basically think of elementary school snacks. And I'm like, dude, that stuff is for life. I got to say. Do you take the yolk things- out of the egg? No way. No I way. eat it. Okay. Why would I do that? I don't know.
1: I just thought that was a thing.
0: I think in, in the old days it was. Actually, I used to eat my friend's yolks when I was a kid because they didn't want it. And I was like, are you crazy? I love eggs. I've loved eggs my whole life.
1: So, <laughs> But new studies have shown that's irrelevant
0: yeah they're great for you it's good cholesterol eggs are great for you yeah right in the 80s right the whole yolk thing is bad for you We've come you. so far you've come so far you should be eating all the egg
1: i should be eating all the egg okay so string mm-hmm. cheese like do you do, the, do you like the string cheese better than the little round thing i do like the little round cheese i like both i think it
0: depends on my mood
1: mm.
0: peeling that wax off is so satisfying though <laughs> do you turn yours into a ball i do
1: i don't i don't like playing with my food like that oh yeah sorry
0: again how we differ how John. we differ
1: <laughs> Right, I'm fine. also lactose intolerant but... these days. So oh, another right. difference in the 20 years that's since oh, I was a child.
0: I, I eat dairy like there's no tomorrow. Okay.
1: Now I'm lactose, so I can't roll with that. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> more cheese for Okay, you. then.
0: Yeah, more cheese for me.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for coming.
0: Oh, thank you for coming. This uh, episode one of the Redo has been broadcasted from Margo in San Francisco and John in... Are you from La Jolla or San Diego? Where are you? I'm in San Diego. I'm San Diego. Um, thank you. Thank you.